Welcome in to another edition of the WISports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, General Manager at WISports.net and your host for the WSN podcast. We have moved into level two of the high school football playoffs. Second round for those that prefer round instead of level. Level is what the WIAA uses. Rounds is what our good friend John Casper, formerly at the Eau Claire Leader-Telegram and a number of uh, papers, now on the wrong side of the river over in Minnesota, but he's always a round proponent. But officially, from the WIAA, it is levels. Level two of the high school playoff. Today on the WSN podcast, we're going to talk a little bit of level one reaction, a little bit of a preview of level two. We'll go through each division and highlight some of the interesting games, some of the uh, interesting storylines, and uh, just get ready to go for a big level two. This is when things start to get fun. This is when things start to get a little interesting. You start to get some pretty good matchups here in level two. We have our first matchup of undefeated teams. We have uh, some games where there's conference champions going against each other. So the, uh, the, the cream really starts to rise to the top this week and, and certainly next week as we continue on. Uh, not many games left on the schedule. What did I say earlier this week? 120 games? Something like that is all that remain on the high school football schedule this year. It goes by quickly, and with the playoff field getting cut in half every week, we really get down to the nitty-gritty real quick here. Our playoff coverage on Wisports.net is presented by the Wisconsin Department of Transportation. Help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign, Buckle Up, Phone Down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. And of course, we encourage everyone to be safe on the roads as they head to these Level 2 playoff games. Buckle Up, Phone Down. You can find the Buckle Up, Phone Down challenge. You can take the pledge at the Wisconsin DOT website, wisconsindot.gov. Let's get into looking at some of the action, though. And, and again, we'll take a division-by-division approach to our uh, our podcast today. We'll start in, let's start with eight-player football, right? Um, only 16 teams make the playoffs in an eight-player football. So there was eight games on the schedule last week means there's only four games on the schedule this week. If you look at the seeds anyway, by seeding, there was only one upset. That was Belmont going on the road to defeat Oakfield. And it was interesting because actually Oakfield had beat Belmont during the regular season. So a little bit of revenge for Belmont, a team that last fall was, uh, you know, extremely talented and you know, may have been a state uh, state championship type of team last year. They did uh, did beat Gilman in that um, unofficial. Some people call it a state championship game, but um, you know would have been would have been among the best last year. This year, not quite at that same level, but still a very good football team. And again, go on the road to defeat Oakfield, the only team in eight player football that won on the road as a lower seeded team in level one. So where does that leave us? What are we what are we at left? Well we've got some pretty good games this week. We've got uh, a Shell Lake team at luck and they had a great game the first time they played 63-57 luck won scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to rally for a victory there. 
Um, over 1,100 yards of rushing, excuse me, in that one. Uh, Shell Lake's Wes Kilber had 253 yards and three touchdowns, and he was the third leading rusher in the game. His teammate Sam Negus had 351 yards, five touchdowns, and Lux Wyatt Jensen, 430 yards and eight touchdowns on the ground. Also threw for 68 yards and a score. So that one has uh, got the potential to be one of those really fun, really wild eight-player football games once again. Also a matchup between undefeated teams as Wabino Leona is at Lena St. Thomas Aquinas. Both of those teams were champions of the respective divisions of the MONLPC. For those scoring along at home, that's the Marinette in Ocanto, Northern Lakes, in Packerland combination. M-O-N-L-P-C. Prairie Farm uh, goes to Gilman. Gilman is the top-ranked team, has been top-ranked all season. And uh, they're the top-seeded team in that grouping, so Prairie Farm goes on the road to Gilman. And then the aforementioned Belmont Braves make the trip to Newman Catholic. And actually, that game will be at Merrill High School on Saturday at 4 p.m. A, uh, a good one there. Newman Catholic, uh, one of the most consistent teams in eight-player football since they joined, um, I don't know exactly what year, 2015 or 16 maybe. Maybe it was more recently than that. I'm sure Coach Micklig would uh, would correct me here uh, shortly. But um, one of the more consistent teams, one of the better teams certainly. And... Uh, Lost their best player, though, earlier this year. Thomas Bates went down with an injury, but still a very good team. So some good games on tap in eight-player football. And remember, only four games left, so we're essentially into quarterfinals for eight players since there's one less, one less level or round for our friend John Casper of the postseason in eight-player football. Turning to the uh, smallest 11-player football Division, Division 7. Compared to the other divisions, we didn't have a ton of upsets in D7. Again, comparatively, um, number 6, Catholic Central, was the, was the, uh, the, the biggest upset winner. The only non-5 seed that advanced is they took down Lourdes Academy, who was the champion of the Trailways. Um, so... Division 7 is also where we have a couple, actually a s several really interesting games, including the only undefeated matchup, as the Pacelli Cardinals will go on the road to two-seeded uh, two Coleman Cougars. Both teams are undefeated. Pacelli is, has been dominant this year. Coleman's been dominant this year. So that's going to be a great matchup. And in the other game in that bracket, Edgar is at Hurley. Two premier teams as well. That that bracket uh, in the, I guess it would be the lower left. They, they don't really call them group A, B, C, and D anymore. But the lower left part of the bracket, by far the, the best group of teams. And, and when you have Edgar as a four seed, that's pretty tough. Um, and they've got a tough one at Hurley. And those teams played earlier this year at Hurley. It was a great game, went into overtime. And Hurley was able to pull that one out. Uh, the favored Regis Ramblers get Clint, uh, excuse me, Glenwood City. Uh, we've got a couple other interesting um, matchups in 
what would be the top right grouping. Top seeded Highland welcomes in Potosi Cassville. Those for uh, a long time were rivals and foes in the Six Rivers Conference until Highland moved to the Ridge and Valley. Potosi Cassville felt like they did not get the kind of seed they should have as a five seed, but did go on the road last week to take care of River uh, River Ridge. Then the other game there is a rematch. Bangor is at Cashton. Bangor's on the road, even though they beat Cashton head-to-head. Bangor is uh, the three seed. Cashton is the two seed. So some interesting games in Division 7 and uh, one Saturday game as well of note. Hilbert will welcome in Blackhawk Warren at 1 p.m., Blackhawk Warren is uh, has won the last two championships, the last time we've had Division Seven state titles. So a four-seeded Blackhawk team that's still plenty dangerous going to Hilbert. Moving on to Division Six, two number seven seeds won in Division Six. Um, we'll, we'll talk about this in just a minute. Just kind of the the overall you know, success of some of these lower-seeded teams, which is always a topic for conversation. But uh, two seeds, uh, two teams seeded seventh going down the road and getting a win. That was Grantsburg over Augusta. That was the first loss of the year for Augusta. And then you also had Lancaster going on the road and beating Luther. Uh, they rallied for a, a fourth-quarter victory. So a couple Cinderella's left there. Also of note, uh, sixth-seeded Auburndale did beat third-seeded Nasita. So what do we have this week? Well, we've got, uh, as is, is often the case, we've got some rematches. Lancaster-Cuba City is a rematch. Uh, Grantsburg-Unity is a rematch. Unity won the first time, but it was pretty competitive. Uh, in fact, it was a, a one-score game. And then a rematch that... Is kind of a rematch, supposed to be a rematch, but the first time they didn't get to play, Abbotsford and Colby. Two teams separated by three miles. They share a youth football program, um, but did not get to play this year because of a COVID cancellation. Colby is the uh, the number one seed. They're the favorite, but uh, will be an interesting battle there. And then St. Mary Springs still hanging around a three-seeded team. They'll go to Cedar Grove, Belgium, who had to withstand a uh, a tough one last week. They they got pushed last week for sure, um, but was able to uh, able to pull out the victory. Uh, Cedar Grove Belgium did over seventh seeded Mineral Point. So again, this week we've got St. Mary Springs at Cedar Grove Belgium, and I think uh, maybe a, a little bit under the radar game. I, I like the Waterloo team that's seeded fourth and goes on the road this week to Kenosha St. Joseph. I got a chance to see Waterloo against Marcusan earlier this year. Uh, Waterloo relies heavily on Eugene Wolf, a, a bruising running back for them. But it's going to be tough against a Kenosha St. Joseph defense that is very, very good. Let's move our attention to Division 5. And before we do that, again, a reminder that uh, our playoff coverage is presented by the Wisconsin DOT, Department of Transportation. And they want to remind everybody to help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign, Buckle up, phone down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Turning to Division 5, though, as we look over last week's results. Excuse me. um, No 7 seed that won, but we did have a 6 seed that claimed victory. St. Croix Falls over Spencer Columbus Catholic. That was one one of the upsets that I did pick. Um, just liked what St. Croix Falls could bring to the table. They've got uh, running back Deo Oye, 
that uh, is is just a, a really talented kid at a small school level. He was at the WFCA Combine this year, very impressive, garnering some college attention. So St. Croix Falls this week will go to Stratford. Um, in five, four games, uh, again, one of five wins over a four, nothing too surprising there. But Stanley Boyd uh, did score a win over Arcadia, so Stanley Boyd is at Aquinas. That's a tough matchup for Aquinas because Stanley Boyd is a really talented team, a talented program under head coach Jeff Koenig. Uh, they had some issues earlier this year, um, you know, with, with people out and, and had to forfeit one game because of a, a COVID-related cancellation, but even their losses were close. They lost a one-score game to Regis. They had a, a close one with Durand that kind of got away from them in the second half, and I think they can present some challenges to Aquinas there in, uh, in the top left bracket. The game that I like in the lower left, Brilliant at Wittenberg Burnhamwood. Brilliant's a, a tough physical team coming out of the, uh, the Packerland Conference. Wittenberg Burnhamwood, talented team, put up some big numbers, came up a little short in a few key games this year, but uh, a nice turnaround for that program. Ben Wesolowski, huge numbers at the quarterback spot, um, passing and rushing, a dual, dual threat type player. My Richland Center Hornets on the road at Broadhead Judah. That's a three versus a two seed. Um, didn't go very well for the Hornets the first time around as Broadhead Judah really hammered them, but uh, looking to get a measure of revenge. Richland Center did last week score its first true playoff victory since 1992. Um, been a while. <laughs> it had been a while since the, the Hornets had made the playoffs. Uh, you had to go back to 2007, which was the the senior season for Brady Ewing, who went on to play at Wisconsin and in the NFL for a couple years. Um, not a lot of postseason success for Richland Center, including my senior year, 1997. Qualified for the playoffs, uh, one of the last teams in, thanks in large part to a, a crazy victory over Lancaster. Um, came back from a fourth quarter deficit to win that one, and essentially that, that got us in. And uh, in the playoffs, though, we were D3 at that time. There were six divisions. We were Division Three, and Wanakee was Division Three, if you can believe it. Uh, and Wanakee hammered us. I, I still uh, still give Coach Rice a little bit of a hard time about that. We showed up with 28 kids, a lot of them farm kids. Wanakee had 60 kids on the sideline. They all had neck rolls and their, you know, their jersey tucked up under their pads, and uh, just looked uh, mammoth out there. And did not go well for us that night. But hopefully, Richland Center can make a better showing of it again uh, against Broadhead Judah this week. Mayville was a five seed uh, despite being a conference co-champion in the flyway, but they dropped that uh, that last game of the year to, uh, I believe it was Campbellsport, and that caused them to have to share that title, and that dropped them all the way down to a five seed, but they did go on the road and get a win in level one. And the reward, a very talented, perhaps favored, late country Lutheran team. Um, Tons of talent back, tons of experience back. A number of those kids played on that state championship game um, team from two years ago that that knocked off Stratford. So going to be a tough task for Mayville, but that's also a tough matchup for Lake Country Lutheran here in Level 2. So that'll do it for Division 5. Let's take a look at Division 4, where, again, no 7 seed, but there was a 6 seed. Little shoot went on the road and knocked off O'Connell Falls, another upset that I had picked. Um, by the way, my my total, I was 103 and 17, 
um, which is good for like an 87% success rate, um, <clears throat> excuse me, picking in uh, level one. Let me do the calculator math real quick. 80, that wasn't right. 80, uh, 86% um, in level one. Solid, good start. I think I've got all of my uh, state semifinalists alive. Picked a number of the upsets correctly, so we'll see how I do going forward. But Division Four, again, um, Little Shoot will go on the road to freedom. That's a, a one of several rematches, conference rematches from this year that's that's included in the schedule in Division Four. You also have Osceola at Ellsworth. That was a very good game the first time around. Ellsworth is undefeated. Um, and then you also have Lake Mills at Columbus, a couple of capital conference teams. West Salem did get a win. They were the four seed. They'll go on the road to Northwestern. I think that's, uh, you know, West Salem is a four seed in Division Four. That's pretty darn good. They, they played in the Mississippi Valley Conference. They finished alone in second place behind River Falls. And their defense has been really good. And I think that could be an interesting game with uh, with Northwestern. I did pick one of the number one seeds to go down in Division Four. I picked it before the playoffs, and I stuck with it. I don't know if I'm 100% confident in it, but but I'm going with it. The Berlin Indians, led by former Badger Joe Stelmacher, over top-seeded and undefeated Wisconsin Dells. That was one of my upset picks for this week. Uh, top ranked and heavily favored Catholic Memorial. They get Wrightstown. They welcome in Wrightstown at 715 on Friday night at Carroll University. And then Kohler, Sheboygan, Lutheran Christian goes on the road to Denmark. And last week, the KLC, as I'll shorten it down to, uh, quarterback Robbie Michael threw seven touchdown passes over 400 yards and in the process moved into first place on the state's all-time passing touchdown list career touchdowns with 93 he passed franklin's ben hempel it's interesting that michael was able to do that in that he only played i think it was seven games last year because of the shortened season did not get a full season you know if if we would have had a full year and if they would have made a deep playoff run as as we might have thought he could have shattered some individual season records some single season records last year but as it is He's, uh, he's got that touchdown record. He's into, I believe, the top five now for career passing yards. Um, maybe top five for career total touchdowns accounted for. Uh, he's really been doing work on the ground this year especially. So he's going to have a chance to put up, uh, put up some numbers, put on a show against a Denmark team that finished second in the Northeastern Conference. Division three. You know, this was a division that, uh, looking at it before the playoffs, I, I I thought maybe it wasn't quite as strong as some of the other divisions. I, I, it didn't seem like there was as many what you could perhaps identify as elite-level teams in Division Three, And I think, to, to some extent, that has played out in the results from uh, Level 1. Um you had a couple of, uh, you had a number of upsets, in fact, including a couple of uh, number seven teams going down. So, you know, Division Three, still a little bit unsure, still a little bit wide open, but um, it was on Alaska going on the road last week, and the uh, Hilltoppers were able to knock off Mount Hora Barneveld. Close game, but on Alaska got it done. 
And also, New Berlin Eisenhower on the road as a seven seed shut out Fort Atkinson 10 nothing. So it was not a good weekend for the Badger Small Conference. They did uh, a couple of their co-champions. Again, Fort Atkinson and Mount Hor Barneveld went down. Um, not, a, not a good showing. And, and I kind of wondered if maybe the, the, the Badger Small wasn't quite as strong as what we've seen in the past. You know, with in the past, there would have been, um, you know, Reedsburg would have been up there a little bit better, higher. And, you know, if you look at, some of the other Badger teams in there. Monona Grove wasn't quite where they have been, so it was it was interesting. Um, yeah, not a not a good day. They were one and four overall. Was the Badger small? Uh, also in in uh, Division Three, you had number six seed Notre Dame going on the road to score a victory. So another upset. Uh, that was one that I did actually pick as well. Notre Dame over Fox Valley Lutheran. That was a you know, that was a several-score game, 39-14, and, and Notre Dame now gets a very tough matchup with Menasha. I think that's going to be a very good game. Those two teams in the spring season spent most of the year at 1-2, and two, uh, or, or at least in the top three or four. Notre Dame did beat Menasha in the first game of the spring season, and that catapulted Notre Dame into the top spot. But uh, this year, anyway, Menasha is, uh, has done a little bit better. Of course, Notre Dame's in the tougher division, of the FRCC as well. They've played the De Piers and Bayports and Pulaski's of the world, uh, taking some lumps, but I really like uh, the Tritons. And I, I didn't pick them over Menasha. In fact, I picked Menasha to get to the state title game, but I think whoever comes out of that one has a pretty good chance of coming out of that side of the bracket. <clears throat> Excuse me. Top-seeded Luxembourg-Casco had its hands full an undefeated Luxembourg Casco had its hands full in level one. They had to squeak by eighth seeded Ashwabanon 40 to 34. So Luxembourg Casco this week gets uh, Wapaka. Talked about on Alaska scoring that upset. They get to go on the road to Rice Lake. Uh, Rice Lake team that I, I, I like a lot. Um, you know, I think uh, I, I think they will come out of that side of the bracket. That was my pick before the playoffs started. Or, or that uh, that grouping anyway, that regional, excuse me. The top seed in that region is Mozanie. They'll take on a Baraboo team that I think has a good chance to pull an upset there. That was another um, one seed that I predicted to go down this weekend. Other side, you've got Greendale at Monroe, or excuse me, Greendale welcoming in Monroe. I think that's a, a very good game. Monroe's a tough team, going to present some challenges with that um, ground and pound offense that they run. And how about this? A six versus a seven. Do not see that very often. In fact, since the WIAA went to true one through eight seeding in 2012, which for many years was done by the coaches and this year done by the computer, this is just the fourth time that we have had a six versus a seven matchup. So something that we don't see too often. There have been, and it also tied for the, uh, the highest combined seed between two teams in the playoffs since we went to one through eight seeding. Again, there was four examples of a seven versus six, and then there was a few examples as well of eight versus uh, eight versus five, excuse me. The most recent example of eight versus five, by the way, was Madison LaFollette at uh, num number eight, Madison LaFollette at number five Middleton back in 2016. I've got the, the full list of those situations in our level three preview. You can check it out. Lower part of that bracket, the lower right, top-seeded Plymouth 
They dominated Milwaukee Madison, no trouble there. A very good game with Pewaukee next coming up. Pewaukee went on the road, took care of Grafton. Then you've got Whitefish Bay, one of the favorites in Division Three. They will take on Port Washington this weekend. Moving on to Division Two. One uh, you know, significant upset, which maybe wasn't significant in a lot of people's eyes. In fact, another one that I did pick this week. Number six, Kettle Moraine, went on the road, beat number three, Racine Horlick. Horlick has excuse me, struggled since uh, a midseason injury to Blake Fletcher, their outstanding two-way player, quarterback and, and linebacker, uh, went out with an injury, and uh, they have not been the same since, and, and probably were pretty fortunate to, to get a three-seed. I know the, the Kettle Moraine folks felt like they should have got it better than a six-seed, but uh, ultimately didn't matter. They went on the road and got a win, so now Kettle Moraine gets to take on a Badger team that had a tough one with Milton. The, uh, the Badgers, 21-20. to And so an opportunity for Kettle Moraine to keep it going. In fact, uh, there's some people that feel like maybe they have a pretty good chance to come out of that region because that's a Classic 8 team, and there's three teams left from the Southern Lakes Conference. And tradi- traditionally, Classic 8 versus Southern Lakes has not gone very well. Oftentimes, that was Waukesha West doing the damage to the class, excuse me, to the Southern Lakes, but... Waukesha West actually lost in level one to a Southern Lakes team as the eighth seeded Wolverines went down to number one Union Grove. Union Grove gets Waterford this week. Lower right bracket, Homestead will play Nicolay, and then a really good one, Germantown and Tosa West. Tosa West had a couple slip-ups this year to Catholic Memorial, Pewaukee, but they've dominated pretty much every game since, including last week, one that I picked as an upset that didn't come to fruition is uh, Tosa West beat Brookfield East 48-28. So it looks like they're back on track, but can they keep it going? Left side of the bracket, a couple of really great games in the top left grouping. Wanakee will welcome in River Falls on Saturday at 2 o'clock. Wanakee, of course, undefeated. They've been ranked number one all year. River Falls, champions of the Mississippi Valley Conference before they head back to the Big Rivers next year. Um... So that's a good game there. And then another Badger, Big Rivers-type game. You have DeForest at Menominee. DeForest only lost this year was against Wanakee, but in a strong grouping, they have to go on the road in Level 2. DePere welcomes in Hartford. Hartford won over Kaukona, 14-13. That was our quick trip game of the week last week, the game I was at. Hartford jumped out 14-0 early on, and it looked like their uh, their powerful running game might overwhelmed Kaukauna, but Kaukauna stayed in the fight, and if not for a few special teams mishaps by Kaukauna, Hartford would have been in trouble. Kaukauna missed an extra point in the first half. They missed a field goal in the first half, and then with just over two minutes remaining on fourth down, I think it was fourth and four, um, in a cold night, heavy air, uh, attempted a 51-yard field goal by Gavin Lom, one of the state's best kickers. Uh, he's committed to Wisconsin as a preferred walk-on, but that's a lot to ask in that situation in his 51-yard field goal that would have put Kaukauna up, came up just short, and Hartford held on for the win. Um, another upset, by the way, I, uh, I guess I skipped over this one, but number seven, Slinger, went on the road and beat number two, Cedarburg. That North Shore Conference was a little bit uh, you know, wild and wacky with some some very... Interesting results and a lot of competitiveness. Slinger had beaten Homestead during the regular season. Um, 
had lost to Cedarburg in the regular season, but reversed that uh, outcome in the playoffs. Slinger got the win, so Slinger will now go to Pulaski. Division one. A lot of people are, are not too happy with how some of the matchups came about and, and some of the great games that we get in level two. You know, teams that that certainly are good enough to make runs to state semifinals or, or beyond that have to square off this week, but that's the nature of the beast. That's how it goes sometimes. And that lower right grouping, the Southeast Wisconsin grouping, McGuanago faces off against Arrowhead. McGuanago's only loss was to Muskego. Arrowhead had some really tough results. They um, lost to McGuanago the first time around. They lost a, a instant classic to Muskego. They lost an instant classic to Homestead. But if they can put it together, they can, they can beat anybody in the state without a doubt. They've got that kind of top-level talent. The quick trip game of the week this week will be Muskego against Sussex Hamilton. Muskego, a co-champion of the Classic 8. Sussex Hamilton, the outright champion of the Greater Metro. That's two of the better leagues in the, in the state traditionally. And conference champions scoring off already in Level 2. Both teams dominated, had no problems in Level 1. Muskego avenged their only loss of the year to Oconomowoc with a 35-0 running clock victory over the Raccoons this time around as they uh, got revenge for Oconomowoc ending Muskego's 41-game winning streak earlier this year. Other side of the bracket, looking at the left side, the, the biggest upset in uh, Division One was number 7 Nina over number 2 Wausau West in a game that wasn't really that close, 26-7. to So Nina goes on the road to take on Appleton North for a second time this year. Kimberly will welcome in Chippewa Falls. Bayport, no problems with Manitowoc Lincoln and Marquette University, not surprisingly as a six seed, went on the road and beat Milwaukee Marshall 38-7. to um, So you've got Bayport and Marquette. And then a certainly a marquee game, a rematch of an earlier game from this year, a big rivalry game, Franklin and Oak Creek square off once again. Franklin won the head-to-head the first time of the round, first time around in I want to say week seven. That was a quick trip game of the week. Norbert Durst went over to that one, and uh, again, a pretty good rivalry in that one. So it will be interesting to see if Oak Creek can make more of a, uh, a go of it this time around. So there you go. That's our look at the uh, the eight divisions of football with some of the things to watch. Just want to kind of recap again. Um, you know, level one, and, and you saw it when we posted our level one rapid reaction. Just to highlight a few things in there 25 road teams won in level one of the 112 games in 11 player football. So that's a winning percentage of about 22% for the road teams. And some people might say, well, look, that, that's proof that the computer formula doesn't work. It, it's not as good as when the coach is seated. And Okay, well, let's step back and, and talk about what happened in the past when coaches seeded. Um, the first year, 2012, there were 26 road teams that won. Last year, the, excuse me, 2019, the last year of the regular playoffs with the coach seeding, 24 road teams won. So it's in line with the number of upsets and number of uh, road teams winning that we've seen in the past. 
Um, there were some road teams that did really well. In fact, 15 out of the 25 games won by road teams were double digits. 10 of them were by 20 or more. Again, that happens every year in the playoffs. It's just the nature of the beast. There's times that it's a bad matchup. There's times that it's you know, a team from a really good conference that doesn't have a great record taking on a team from a weaker conference that has a good record. And it just happens. It's high school football. There's upsets that happen. Uh, 14 teams this year that were seeded 6th or 7th or 6th or lower won in level 1. To compare, there were 12 of those examples in 2019. Talked about some of the uh, the struggles of some conferences. For instance, the Badger Small went 1-4. The Bay Conference went 1-4. Dairyland went 1-4. Some, some conferences kind of struggled, but there were some conferences that did really well also. The Northeastern and Merrowood are both undefeated. The Northeastern is 5-0. The Merrowood's 4-0. Uh, the Swall, the Parkland, the Cloverbelt conferences were 4-1. There was a number of other conferences that were 3-1. And, and, of course, there were a few you know, conference versus conference games that are hard to factor in there where a conference team beat uh, a team from the same conference. But it's always just kind of interesting to look at some of the conference results. And I think it, it does tell you a lot about the strength of the conference. Um, three teams are eliminated completely. The Milwaukee City Richardson, the Milwaukee City, or excuse me, three conferences are eliminated completely. The Milwaukee City Richardson, Milwaukee City Blackbourne, and the Trailways. The Trailways was 0-5. I believe that's the second year in a row that they did not win. Uh, at least it was one of the Trailways divisions a couple years ago, uh, back when they had two divisions, did not win a level one game. 13 conferences have just one team alive. If we look at the champions that are left, well, there's one that went out, Brookfield East, who won it in uh, Division Two back in 2019. They lost to Tosa West. Everybody else still alive, looking back to the 2019 state champions. You know, One of the storylines this year as we were breaking down the playoff field was the number of teams that qualified for the playoffs with a conference record under 500. 30 such teams finished under 500 in conference play. Three of those teams did earn victories, however. Nina, Slinger, and Little Shoot all finished under 500 in conference and did claim upset victories. There were 37 teams that qualified for the playoffs with an overall record under 500. Three of those teams did win in level one. Those teams being Lancaster over Luther, Marquette over Milwaukee Marshall, and New Berlin Eisenhower over Fort Atkinson. So again, upsets happen. Just how things go. So again, level two, things get interesting. We've got some great games. I know there's a lot of uh, potential great games on the schedule in level three. You know, champions of the, the, the respective brackets. It's going to be fun to see how things play out. But uh, yeah, we're, we're here. We're into the postseason. There's a number of other fall sports, of course, into the playoffs. The state cross country meet is this weekend. The state team tennis was last weekend. State girls volleyballs next week. I mean, we're we're into it. It's it's postseason time, and don't forget that it's getting close to winter sports time as well. In fact, I think the first winter sport practices are next week. Um, basketball practices are are only a couple weeks away. The first girls basketball games are what three 
th- excuse me, three weeks away, maybe something like that. Uh, it's it's coming quick, so we're uh, we're excited to get going with that. You can check out Norbert Durst preview information on girls basketball on Wisports.net. Mark Miller's got some uh, boys basketball preview information coming as well. Of course, all kinds of football action still going on. The WFCA released its academic all-state team this week. We've got our playoff previews going. We've got our um, team and player of the week polls still going, our quick trip, quick trip game of the week. All kinds of great stuff for uh, playoff football on Wisports.net. And as a reminder, our playoff coverage is brought to you by the Wisconsin Department of Transportation. Help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign, Buckle up, phone down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. That will do it for our uh, our Level 2 WSN podcast, taking a look at Level 2 and then a little bit of a look back at Level 1 as well, of course. A lot of good games on the schedule. If you can get out to a game, great, do so. If you can't, you can check out uh, our schedule page, for a list of the video streams that are available. We'll have that updated a little bit later today. But that will do it for our WSN podcast. I am Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game.